0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. It's May 26, 2020. Welcome to The Quadcast. Let's dive in. First up, the invisible enemy. Patients with limited, resected, metastatic melanoma had limited representation in the immune checkpoint inhibitor clinical trials. That's because they often have no disease to measure. Checkmate 238 did include a subset of these patients who saw a doubling in progression-free survival, so nivolumab is a primary consideration for adjuvant therapy. But some consider observation until progression before starting immunotherapy. Enter the immune trial, as published in Lancet 2020 by Zimmer et al. It was a three-arm randomized phase 2 trial that focused only on stage 4 melanoma with no measurable disease. Patients were randomized to ipilimumab plus nivolumab, nevo alone, or placebo. The ipinevo arm was tough. With nearly two-thirds of patients discontinuing treatment due to adverse events, and a median time on treatment less than one-third that of NEVO and the placebo arms. Nevertheless, IPINEVO produced a significant improvement in one and two-year recurrence-free survival of 75% and 70% compared to 52% and 42% with NEVO alone. And 32% and 14% with placebo. Likewise, median recurrence free survival went from 6 months with placebo to 12 months with NEVO to not reached with IP NEVO, and that's at a median follow up of 28 months. The bottom line is combination IP NEVO significantly improves recurrence free survival for patients with stage 4 melanoma, even. When it's been completely resected. Up second, on the double. Sorafenib is a preferred first-line systemic therapy option for advanced unresectable hepatocellular carcinoma. But in the IMbrave 150 study, the standard second-line option of atezolizumab plus bevacizumab was compared to Serafinib in the first-line setting for patients not eligible for curative or local regional therapy. Additionally, patients had to have child's PUA liver function and no gastric or esophageal varices. Over 500 patients were randomized in a 2-to-1 fashion, and the atezolizumab plus bevacizumab combination significantly improved overall survival at 6 months, taking it from 72 to 85%, and improved overall survival at 12 months, taking it from 55 to 67%. Median progression-free survival was also improved from 4 to 7 months, and the response rate of atezolizumab plus bevacizumab was more than double that of serafinib. While it was also noted that the duration of response was also much longer, with 88% of the atezo plus bev having responses lasting greater than 6 months, compared to just 59% of patients having that long of a response with serafinib. Despite an increased rate of serious adverse events, the improvement in disease outcomes with TZo plus BEV also led to a higher rate of quality of life preservation. The bottom line is, first-line atezolizumab and bevacizumab results in superior survival and disease outcomes compared to serafinib alone for advanced unresectable hepatocellular carcinoma in patients with preserved lung function. Thanks to Finn, New England Journal of Medicine, 2020. Up next, cuts just right. The Japanese are at it again with popularizing extended surgical techniques as heroic one-stop shops for advanced cancer. The current NCCN preferred treatment for stage 1B2, 2A2, and 2B cervical cancer, is definitive chemoradiation, which allows you to avoid the toxicity of trimodality therapy. Here, we have a retrospective look at 120 women treated with radical hysterectomy with bilateral nerve preservation for stage 1B1 or 1B2 disease and unilateral nerve preservation for stage 2A or 2B if extra utero-cervical disease was confined to one side. The kicker here is that only half received adjuvant chemo, and a mere 5 patients, which was 4%, received adjuvant radiation. Yet the 5-year local control and overall survival, respectively, were 99% and 95% for stage 1b disease, and 87% and 82% for stage 2 disease. The bottom line is, selective nerve-sparing radical hysterectomy may afford excellent cancer outcomes while still avoiding trimodality therapy for stage 1B2, 2A2, and 2B cervical cancer. Thanks to Sukurji et al., JAMA Network Open, 2020. Up next, liver or die. Normal tissue constraints may need a refresher in the era of ultra-hypofractionated everything. This dosimetric analysis, as published in the Red Journal 2020 by Pursley et al., looked at 101 patients treated for hepatocellular carcinoma in 15 fractions or less. Roughly half were treated with photons, while the other half were treated with protons. They looked for dosimetric predictions of of two clinical endpoints three months out from the time of treatment, either a 2-plus increase in the Child Pew score or a 1-plus increase in the albumin bilirubin grade. Unlike previous recommendations to mind mean liver dose, this study indicates the volume of normal liver receiving very low doses is most predictive of the above outcomes. Importantly, This effect was continuous with dose, with no clear, quote-unquote, critical volume component, though they did recommend keeping the V5 gray less than 60%. The bottom line is, the volume of healthy liver receiving very low doses during hypofractionated radiation deserves review during treatment planning. Up next, on repeat. So what do you do for treated small cell lung cancer that returns in the chest? Unfortunately, there's no prospective data on the horizon, but in the meantime, we have a small, but hey, it's international, retrospective look at outcomes after re-irradiation as published in Translational Lung Cancer Research 2020 by Cosman et al. They looked at 33 patients that were retreated at a median of 24 months after initial chest radiation. Those that had extrathoracic metastases at the time, which was seven, did horribly. Their survival was basically counted in weeks, not months. Otherwise, outcomes were pretty respectable, especially when retreatment radiation went to a two-grade dose equivalent of 40-grade or higher, after which over half of patients were still alive at two years. The bottom line is isolated thoracic small cell lung cancer recurrence may merit re-irradiation with an EQD2 greater than 40 gray, while the presence of other metastases should give caution to treating outside of a brief palliative course aimed at relieving the patient's symptoms. Up next, the magic of Disney. A lot is invested in discovering adjunctive therapies to ease the administration of chemotherapy, but maybe it's time to hit pause on additional medications, and just simply play your favorite Disney movie. This small randomized trial, as published in JAMA Network Open 2020 by Pills, looked at 50 women receiving six cycles of platinum-based chemotherapy for GYN cancers in Vienna, and it demonstrated a significant improvement in emotional and social functioning as well as fatigue when watching Disney movies during infusions. Finally, new normal. Telehealth. A recent Harris Poll reports use of telehealth among American consumers is up from 8% last year to 32% this year, with over 82% of users saying they like it or even love it. Harris Poll 2020. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.